Hello, and welcome to the Orthopatch Podcast. I'm Robbie Keeney, and I'm joined by James O'Farron. Hello. And today we're going to be continuing with our summer ramblings. We're coming towards the end of it, but there was just another couple of things that popped up that we thought we'd <laughs> like to chat about. Yeah. So we're going to kind of be talking about this one. We decided to call it uh, Shoes, Shows, and Subverting Expectations. <laughs> it alliterates. It even alliterates. You think we would plan this? <laughs> I love alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, so we were talking about a bunch of things that happened recently and i was like i like making connections and so i connected these together like hey we should talk about this on a summer ramblings so ravi tell your story about the shoes and then i'll connect it to other random things (laughs) all right so um this actually happened a while ago but it just popped up on my facebook feed because you know the face the algorithm works in mysterious way all hail the algorithm all (laughs) hail the algorithm (laughs) (laughs) but it popped up and it was just a clip of like a news um broadcast and it was basically what had happened is in 2018 palest shoes had a bunch of stores that were closing down. They were trying to figure out how to restructure and reorient because they were losing business. Basically, there was more stuff going to online sales or people buying them at bigger stores instead of going to their budget store shops on like strip malls, which is basically what Payless Shoes does. So they were trying to find new and out-of-the-box ways of doing marketing. And one of their ideas that they had is they set up a fake store called Palaki, which is funded, alerted. <laughs> but it was so what they did is they went into one of these um, premium outlet malls where and they rented an empty George Armani store. And they rented it for six days and they set up a new short store called Palaki, where they were in theory, selling shoes designed by, uh, what was the dude's name? Bruno Palazzi. <laughs> <laughs> and so they filled this store with just their own stock of Payless shoes. Just, you know, your standard $30, $40 shoe. But they set it up in this really nice place. They used a bunch of, like, the white parchment, and they set them up on these glass display cases and covered up the Payless tags with this clean print of Palazzi, whatever, fashion. And then they had this grand opening and bunches of these um, fashion influences, I think is what they were called, were showing up and just gushing about these shoes and how fashionable and fancy they were and how they would be willing to pay so much for them. And they were so cool and nice and then they're like and it's funny because they're like talking about like oh yeah you can look at this and you can definitely tell that this was that this was using premium materials and handmade and all this kind of stuff and then they were buying them like they were buying paying four or five hundred dollars for these pairs of twenty five dollar shoes and then at the end they take them in the back and explain to them the prank and they refunded them their money and let them keep the shoes (laughs) <laughs> but that's very nice of them <laughs> yeah, which is nice of them but I was just thinking like my initial reaction was wow influencers are dumb because <laughs> A that's true B yeah. 
B, I kind of missed what my original reaction was to miss the point. It was to think of, wow, everyone else is dumb. But then I took a double take. I'm like, wait, okay, what does this tell me about me? What does this tell me about my life? Where are areas in my life Mm. where I end up getting this, what is it? The fear of missing out, FOMO, the... Well, the, it's the uh, the emperor's new clothes syndrome. Yes, the emperor's new clothes syndrome. Exactly. <laughs> Where I want the fancy new thing because it's the fancy new thing, and, and everybody else around me is important. saying that this is really fancy. And so, if I disagree with them, then I'm the weird one. Exactly. And this, yeah, the the whole concept of like these are objectively thirty dollars shoes. Yeah, but well, because of the well, height, maybe. how much market is there already? <laughs> right. No, no, like objectively retail value. Right, like, right. And <laughs> payroll. We're not talking the fact that you could probably find them for five bucks at Walmart or whatever. Right. <laughs> but the how much of that is affecting my own life? Where's stuff that I pay extra for just because I need that feeling of satisfaction of? oh, this is a good quality thing because I paid extra money for it. Mm -hmm. Or not even that, because it's not, especially with fashion shoes, it's not about the quality. Mm -hmm. It's about the having the fanciest thing. Kind of like driving a sports car. I can buy a Ferrari, and guess what? I get to drive 70 miles an hour on the freeway just like everybody else does. (laughs) (laughs) But I drive a Ferrari, so... (laughs) Right. And yeah. just realizing how much, how much, trying to realize how much marketing is affecting you and you don't even mm-hmm. know it. Yeah. And the realization that, oh, and also, I can be very arrogant and assume that this is just, this only happens to stupid people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in telling that story, what kind of popped in my head was the recent release of Rings of Power. Uh, which there's been all of the wars in all of the Middle Earth and Lord of the Rings Facebook groups about between the people who say it's crap and the people who say maybe you should wait till you watch it to figure out whether or not it's crap first or not. Um, <laughs> and I was I, I I did watch the first episode last night. And Robbie has not yet, so we're not I'm not doing any spoilers or anything like that. But just kind of some observations that I had while watching it was connected I was, I was thinking about it in terms of perception bias and confirmation right bias. so there are these people who are absolutely determined to hate it right they, they see all these yeah. things it's going to be woke garbage all this kind of stuff right and they're absolutely determined to hate it and there are people also who are wanting to give it the benefit of the doubt but they're also framed within this context of all the people who are Tolkien nerds, people that we look up to, all are determined to like hate it. Like everybody's like biased against it, right? As of like 10 months ago, everybody had decided this was going to be utter trash and right. who likes it. Which I mean, and part of that is like we don't trust Amazon in general. <laughs> and so trusting Amazon <laughs> to hold up the integrity of Tolkien's work seems a bit of a stretch to start with so they kind of were working against the stream already but um i was i was thinking about like you know if you're watching and i was like you know 
if I was determined to hate this, it would be very easy for me to hate this. Like, it's not so amazingly stellar that it would change my mind that it was going to be bad. Right? It would right. If, if, if it was something that was absolutely stunning, you know, world-changingly good, that, you know, the acting was mind-blowing, the music was out of this world, the plot was riveting, and just, oh, that was amazing special effects on top of fantastic plot structure and thematic development. And oh my goodness, there's this Easter egg that I really appreciated that only a nerd would really appreciate or, or well, all these different things, right? Right. If you're determined to hate it, you would still go meh. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is how we work as humans, right? Nerds are going to hate. Uh, if yeah, I yeah, beforehand that this is bad. You're going to nitpick really and blow it up out of proportion and you're going to you know throw a fit about it because that's how we work. We come at something and we we frame our perceptions in terms of story. And when the story is this is going to be bad, then it doesn't matter how good it is. It's going to appear to be bad. But I was watching it and I was like, well, yeah, th this was kind of lame. Like elves should have better standard operating procedures when they're on the edge of the known world and they shouldn't, you know, look up um, <laughs> and not turn their backs to shadows that move. I mean, that's, that's, that, but that's just like normal, common run of the mill stupidity in fight movies type stuff. Right. Like there's a lot of these things that I'm just annoyed in general with movies with like, these are just, I always roll my eyes at this kind of stuff because it's really rare to see a movie that actually does anything like this. Well, um, Doom, for example, did it quite well. Um, I was actually really impressed with that. One. Anyway, uh, there are some movies that are exceptions that do a really good job on all these things. It, it didn't. Uh, it had other things in there that shows promise that it could not be bad, that it could develop into something good. Um, it, I did not feel like it was, you know, it really has pushing. potential to be decent. <laughs> it has potential to be decent still. Like, I, I, there's, there's, I, wa I watched the first episode, I haven't watched the second one yet, but it's like, um, they're not just hammering things uh, thematically. They're not hammering stuff down my throat that I don't like. Like the actual thematic things that I'm seeing that they're exploring are actually quite nice. Like um, ideas of like, um, if you think, think of like, here's, I'll, I'll, this is, I think this is, this is spoiler free. Um, one of the questions it looks like they're exploring is the idea of um, prejudice and vendettas and animosity expanded over the life of an elf in contrast with other short-lived species oh. right so like as humans really right because like think about it like as humans we suck at holding grudges right um we have a deep memory of pain and we hold like you know orthodox are still grumpy with catholics for the uh um, siege of you know the, the uh, uh, you know Constantinople being right. uh, wiped out, right? So like that's that 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 was you know a thousand years ago. Um, <laughs> um, we're so grumpy about it. Uh, <laughs> um, so like we 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 hold grudges um, for a long time, um, but we also forgive and that kind of stuff. But we 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 have a, a continuous memory. But if you have a single person who was alive a thousand years ago who saw these things firsthand, and then He's looking at people who are the 
the you know the great 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 grandchildren of the people who committed these atrocities how much more would they still hold that grudge against those people exactly right we do that and we weren't even there and so a holocaust survivor in a 200 years yeah trying to go back to jerk yeah exactly yeah they were still they were there when all this happened right and so they're exploring like issues of how do you forgive how do you um work past these issues how do you make decisions about like well, are we past this? Is the evil gone? Or can we rest? Is it still there? Are you just being, you know, caught up in revenge because your memory is so fresh still? Or do you actually have a point? And it's like, there's no clear yes or no, which is good for a first episode. Like you don't want to have a clear yes or no at the beginning of the first episode, because <laughs> that's what the whole story is there for is figuring that out. <laughs> um, so I'm actually, I actually have some good hope that they're exploring some good themes that aren't, um, antithetical to Tolkien's overarching vision. So, you know, there's practical lore issues, obviously, um, those, those are going to be there. Um, and I think they're done more intentionally because they have, they have to work with the constraints of what they have available to them. Um, mm. but they, it seems like, like Carla is a much more, Carla Marworth is much more, uh, nerdy about, um, these things than I am actually, ironically. Um, <laughs> And uh, yes, I know you'll be editing this, Carla. I told you, I said you're a better nerd than I am about Lord of the Rings. So anyway. Um... <laughs> you gotta find that MP3 and put it on. <laughs> I have Carla, capture confess, that you're... wavelength, print it out, and hang it on your wall. <laughs> <laughs> Could be an inside joke. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, and she's like, yeah, I, I can see how like this doesn't fit, but um, with what they had, this is another alternative motivation for what's happening that still works type of an idea. So like, yeah, it's, it, it works um, so far mm-hmm. anyway. So I, so I, anyway, so that's kind of just my thoughts on um, Rings of Power so far, but in tying this back into the shoes thing, like we see our world, our identity is shaped by our community, right? And we yeah. see the world through our identity. It's a lens, right? And so, so much, it's it, it, so, I don't, I don't say so much, like all of our ability, our entire epistemological reality, our ability to perceive truth and reality is filtered through our community. That's how it's supposed to work. That's why, you know, God created a community, a church for us to perceive him through, right? That's how this works. Um, <laughs> uh, and so when you look at um, how we perceive a new thing, um, a, whether it's news or whether it's, you know, figure out who you want to marry, you're trying to figure out whether this person is good or not, or whether it is, you know, is this a good show or not? Is this the right career choice? And there's this, there's this tendency for us to try and create these unbiased, objective decisions, right? With that aren't, you know, emotionally laden, um, and whatnot, which is cold hogwash that doesn't exist. Um, but, and we try to like avoid seeing it through the lens of our community, trying to create some kind of distanced, um, clinical evaluation. And that's just not how this works. Like, no, you, you choose what community you trust with shaping your perception of reality. 
That's how you yes. do it. That's how you yes. determine your mm. perception. That's how you make a wise decision is by um, belonging to a community that is wise. No one has, no one is unbiased. Everyone has a bias. Yes. Everyone has multiple that's biases. That's one of the hilarious things about Clay being like trying to be unbiased news. It's like, no, that's not how that works. That's not how this works. That's Everyone has works. one. It's just whether you realize it or not. Yeah, if you're aware and of it, and then you can actually, and, 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 it, and it's not like being aware of it so you cannot be biased. That, that's still the same thing. Like, no, no, no. Like, you need to be aware of it and choose the right bias. <laughs> right. Yes. Choosing the bias, choosing to be influenced in the correct way. Yep. Because that's what faith is. Like, that's, the, you're selecting a belief system, a a, a way of wisdom to be loyal to, to be faithful to, right? Um, right. That you, that's an act of faith, of trust, of implicit putting of yourself and your perceptions of reality into the hands of a community. Right. Everybody does that. And we all have to. And that's part of like the whole idea of being a Christian is we are putting our hand, ourselves into the hands of God um, and into his word and in his church to shape our perception of reality through his eyes and see him um and as he has revealed himself to us um through that community like the people who are outside of the faith they they can't see god like they're they're blinded their hearts are blinded once they are cleansed and regenerated and brought into the community of christ then they can see him right that's how that's how uh we relate to him and know him and develop a relationship with him Right. Yeah. And finding, like, and that's why community again is just so important, is because that's you choosing what waters you're going to swim in. That's choosing what your biases are going to be mm-hmm. and finding people who balance your biases. Right. Because a lot of, like, especially cults mm-hmm. are formed when there's no balance. Yeah. The leader has no one to balance his biases. He's the leader subsumed has no everything. Right. Has and no only one God to gets him to do out that. on his craziness. <laughs> only God gets to do that. When we have yes. a person who puts himself up to try and be the soul defining community that shapes reality for people, that's idolatry. Um, yes. One variety. Everyone of needs to be in subjection to someone. Mm hmm. That's why the church has this mutual subjection thing. (laughs) Yep. Even, I assume even in the Orthodox Church, the bishop isn't just free-floating all on his own. No. He is... He's within the community of the bishops. the community. He's also (laughs) beholden to the other bishops. Right. There's a mutual accountability going on. Yep, exactly. And so if one of them goes off the rails, the others are there to hold him accountable and bring him back onto the right path. Precisely. The whole idea of the plurality of elders, the leadership of the church isn't just one man saying, thus says the Lord. There has to be everyone, has the, everyone has the right to go and say, but does the scripture say that like the Bereans were called the, the, to be examining the scriptures to see if what we're being taught is true. Mm-hmm. 
Double check. Yeah. Check the source. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the way like you when you, like when you see like in um in the Old Testament law, you have the two or three witnesses, right? Yeah. Um you can't go with just one witness. You have to like double they have to agree with each other completely. They have to balance against each other. They have to um correspond and be united in their voice in order for them to be considered as true. You can't right. just go off piece with one thing and say, oh yeah, he said that. So we're just going to go with that. Like, well, no, you need to um, have clarifying um, second independent um, witness that's going to corroborate what's going on. Yep. So being in a community that cares and that is critical, that is looking with an eye for what the truth is, but also is pushing you to be more aligned with the truth yep. is super key. Yep. And <laughs> the yeah. problem is if you're in a community that all they do is negative and all they care to say is everything's terrible and nothing works <laughs> that, right? And it's all doom and gloom. Guess what? That's going to be your perspective on life. Right. Which is something that I was just thinking about. Uh, it's, it's been spinning in my head recently. So a friend of mine was, we were in a conversation um, and like as a group of us in, in Zoom and whatnot. And he reminded like, oh, I was just reminded of this story that I saw in the news the other day about this. And so it's just recounting this horrific murder that happened recently in Montana or whatever. And I was thinking about, and like, we're like, wow, that's morbid. Um, I did didn't particularly want to hear that today, but okay. Um, and I was thinking about, it, I was like, why was that on the news? Like, what was, what's the purpose that is served by bad events happening being what's on the news? Like when you think about like, if you just like turned off, so if you, what, like if you had a conversation with somebody, it's like, okay, justify to me why news is important at all. Like, why would you watch the news as just a fundamental thing? What's, what purpose does it serve in your life? And I've had this conversation with people. I mean, I grew up, you know, we didn't watch TV. We didn't read the newspaper. We just, that just wasn't a thing that we were concerned about. Um, and so I have this, this framework of like, prove it's valuable rather than try to prove it's not <laughs> in a sense. Right. Um, and the general responses are around lines like, well, I want to know what is happening. I want to be informed which isn't really saying anything at all. Cause like, well, why do you want yeah. to be informed about these things? You know what, why do you want to know what is happening? Um, what is important for you to know? How is that going to change what you're doing? And so like, say, let's see, you have some practical news advice. So like, so recently there's in the news, some of the college debts are getting dropped, right? Right. Um, for certain people and you don't get it automatically. You have to actually apply for it. Right. So that's news that's useful. Because I need to go apply, or you know, my wife needs to apply, um, to in order to be able to get those particular um, uh, debts reduced, right? So there's something right. that we actually have to actively do that's going to actively reduce our debt, which is actively going to save us money. So that's practical news. But here's the interesting thing, right? Um, I heard about pe people about this happening mostly through people being mad about it on Facebook, right? Not by watching the news, and then. And none of that was really particularly helpful because people get mad about things on Facebook all the time. I don't know whether it's true or not. Right. right. I did, however, from one of my friends who's a financial advisor, 
sends out a newsletter to his people, keeping him up, up to date on things that are happening in the financial world. And there was an article that he wrote in there about specifically, here's this criteria, here this, here's the skinny on it, here's the details, here's the criteria, here's the link to go click to go subscribe so you get notified uh, when and how to apply for this debt reduction thing. Like, ah, that is useful. <laughs> useful information. Very useful information. And it wasn't on the news. It was in my community. I have, I know lots of financial advisors. It's hilarious how many financial advisors I know. <laughs> um, right. I'm going to be informed on important things on this topic just by default, right? If there's right. something important for me to know, they will let me know because they care about me and I are in my community, right? If I am, you know, I'm working in business, if, and, I'm starting business stuff. If there's a, a regulation or a legislation that gets passed in North Dakota that changes something fundamentally about how I need to do my business, I will be informed. Either I'll get a letter from North Dakota letting me know, or someone else in my community is going to announce it at an event I'm at, or a friend's going to say, hey, you fall in this category. I'm like, ah, I do. Oh, that's interesting. I will be informed of things that are practical to my need because I'm involved in the community relevant to the things that I'm doing, right? right? I don't need to be on the news for those kinds of things. Most of what the news is, is this notable, this, this rare event happened that interested somebody that's going to rouse a particular emotional response in people, right? Yeah. It's an addictive behavior. That's all it is. It's right. emotional crack and it's and destructive emotion. Because if you think about it, like why why is a murder more important for like the immediate family of the people who died? No. They know right. what happened. They don't need it to be on the news. Right? The people, like it's not a thing that is going to be happening regularly. I don't need to change my behavior in order to avoid being murdered by somebody's ex-girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. That's just not a thing that I need to do. <laughs> that's not something. I just still, I'm still going to drive the same way when I drive through Montana, right? That's all specifically under not my problem. <laughs> it's, it's explicitly under not my problem, right? I can yeah. pray for those people, but I can also pray for the people right around me, right? That I pray for people all the time, right? Um, that's not a thing that I need to know about directly. The um, if if instead they shared a story about a little gal who started a lemonade stand that was super successful and she raised enough money in order to be able to buy a dog, that's something that's really super beautiful and cool. I just made it up because uh, it wasn't on the news. Who would ever put that out of it? <laughs> I know, right? Why wouldn't I mean that was something that like would change her life, be a milestone, and that she would love to tell people about, and people would be really happy to hear about to encourage people to go start lemonade stands, right? That would be a good thing, right? right. That That's the kind of thing that should be on the news. But instead we have all of this, you know, addictive negative uh, crack um, on our news feeds um, that is not always completely true. It typically isn't um, and is mm -hmm. almost always negative or unhelpful. And right. so we've become addicted to this this uh this morass of pseudo information that then frames our perception of our reality it's like a background noise of static of negativity that shapes how we perceive things 
Uh, mm-hmm. Just like you know, the people who are all of, determined to um, hate rings of power, um, you have people who are just determined to be negative about the world in general because they're right. part of this community of people who watch the news. And I think that's tragic. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a problem, and it's one that I kind of try to resolve because I rarely listen to the news anymore. I used to listen yeah. to, like, my old job. I had a lot <clears throat> more time where I was driving, where I would listen to podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I realized that it wasn't the helping me at all. It was just, yeah, <laughs> tearing me down and... Mm-hmm. Again, the whole pointing out how terrible the world was and everything was going to fall apart. This is awful and terrible and everything's rotten. And it wasn't, there was no productivity. There was nothing good, true, or beautiful about it. Right. And so I just stand it stopped because, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> helpful. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you can find things and people who are, you know, looking for the good, the true, and the beautiful and who are exploring them and sharing them and building on them. Those are the people I want to listen to. Right. Those are the people I want to connect with and su- and support in what they're doing. That's that, that's good journalism. When people go out there to be... Um, so this is actually... So also, this is an orthodox phrase, um, be the bee. Um, it's a quote from St. Piscius, who's one of my... Actually, I have an icon of him right here in front of me right now. That's kind of cool. Anyway, um, uh, so St. Pisces was talking about, uh, I think I think the original context was in people who were complaining about the church. Mm-hmm. And he said that if you, this is, is going to be a terrible paraphrase, I apologize. But uh, if you ask a fly, where are all the flowers in a field? The fly is going to go, I don't know anything about flowers, but there's this lovely pile of crap over here. Right. Right. <clears throat> if you go ask a bee where all the crap in the field is, they go, I don't know nothing of crap. There's a beautiful flower over here. Would you like to see that? Right. Um, yeah. They ha- are looking for a particular thing and that's what they see. Right. right. And so the, the application is be the bee. Go look for the flowers, not the crap. Right. And so I think actually you can really summarize this whole rambling here on be the bee. Be the person who's looking for the good, the true, and the beautiful. Looking for things to enjoy in life. Looking for things that are beautiful. Things that are true, that are good. uh, Things that apply to your life that help you live more practically. Right. Choose to focus on those things. And be around people who help you see those things. Yeah. Yeah. Just find yourself a good community. And... Try to build up the community you're already in. Look yes. for the good, the true, and the beautiful. Look for the the important things in life. Yeah. Verbalize it. Help your community be more aware of those kinds of things and shift their perceptions more in that direction. Yes. Yeah. Good challenge. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. This is another episode of the Orthopraxis Podcast. So go out into your life and whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And we will talk to you guys later. God bless. God bless.